have you with us. Hey, show me, your, show me your hands. If you were at a SIM conference, put your hands up. There's a lot of people in here. We had a great weekend day. It was flipping amazing. Am I allowed to say flipping? I said it. It was amazing. It was so cool. And I know that God changed a lot of lives. God did a lot of awesome stuff. Can I encourage you tonight? It doesn't have to stop now. I'm really expecting that tonight God's going to do stuff. Only a few of you believe that it sounds like. I honestly think that tonight God is going to do some incredible stuff. This doesn't need to be a usual 6pm gathering. God can do something new tonight. God can do something out of our minds tonight. I encourage you, if you're not expectant, start to get a bit expectant. Because God's going to shake this room, I really believe it. Hey, but it's great to have you here at Activate Church. It's going to be an amazing night, I really think it is. We've got Jacinda with us tonight. It's going to be amazing. It's great to have you with us. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Hey, why don't you start grabbing your seats? Hey, if you've had... Well, why don't you say to your neighbour, how are you going? Ask them a question that you haven't asked them. Go meet someone who you haven't met for a quick second. Church, we like to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. Has anybody in here had a birthday or anniversary this week? If you have, why don't you put your hand up? We want to give you some chocolate. We got Josh Duckett at the back. His birthday. Officially an old man. 30 years old. Whoa, whoa. No, you're young, Josh. You're young. Anybody else? Any other birthdays or wedding anniversaries? Nobody. Wow, an unpopular time of the year. Well, you just don't have the guts to put your hand up. Well, nobody else. Wait, I saw, did I see one? No, Josiah was fooling me. All right, well, can you turn your eyes to the screen and we're going to hear the Activate News. Hey everyone, welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, and also a big welcome if you're new or watching from Ruakura North or Toko campus. It's so good to have you with us. 
on the 21st of March at 7pm we have Prey Waikato happening and it's going to be a great time. I encourage you to come. It's happening at Hamilton Boys High School and this is an excellent opportunity to unite as the church and to pray and uplift our nation, our region Waikato in prayer. I hope that you can be there. If you want more information go to the Facebook page and search Pray Waikato. We had an, an amazing time at conference and one of the highlights was that Activate Music released their latest single, Victory. You can find this on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you'll find your music. Why don't you download it and give it a listen. It's not long to Easter now and did you know that Easter and Christmas are the times that people are most likely to accept an invitation to church. And so I encourage you, why don't you start praying and thinking of some friends and family who you can invite to one of the Easter gatherings on Friday or Sunday at Activate Church. Well, that's all the notices that we have. Yeah, I pray that you will experience God's love today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Amen. You guys want to stand and join us as we continue with our musical praise and worship. Lord, we thank You so much for the privilege and the honour it is to come before You right now and praise and exalt Your Name. I pray that we would bless You tonight with our words, with our song, with our heart.
rather be There's no place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be Than here in your love, here in your love There's no place I'd rather be
you need permission tonight to praise God with everything that you have, I'm giving you that right now. Where we praise, there is miracle, there is blessing, there is Jesus.
done in your life I don't care what your expectation is for tonight for the next minute you're not allowed to clap you're not allowed to praise I'm not allowed to do anything sit there and stop breathing yeah. it shouldn't make any difference what I say if, you, if it's in you to praise him you should praise him come on let's lift him up tonight he is worthy like this on your chest for a moment what you're doing is you're just breaking up any hard ground that's left there because Pastor Surrender is going to plant a seed tonight and it really needs to take root so it's like you know when you work in the garden most of you are too young to know what it's like to work in the garden old people do that stuff eh? 
Just break up the ground in your spirit. Allow yourself to become really expectant that tonight Pastor Jacinta is going to, by God's grace, she's going to plant something in there that's going to change your world. Yeah? Yeah, keep banging your chest. Some of you got hard ground there. You need to bang it. You need to break it up. Get sore after a while, actually. Hey, we're really, really blessed tonight to have Pastor Jacinda Goodsir with us all the way from Omaru. All the way from Omaru. And um, she has been an incredible blessing to us over these last few days. You know, she's left, she's got four kids. She's left her kids at home. She's left her husband at home. Uh, she's come up here at our request to deliver God's placed in her and we've invited her not only as a pastor and a minister but we've invited her in the capacity of prophet and so as I've done in our other meetings today I really want to encourage you to listen with your spiritual ears because when a prophet's amongst us often it's not even what they say it's what they say that'll make sense to you one day and and they can just in the middle of just the slightest word and God gets hold of it and he goes bang that's for you And you don't want to miss those moments. You really want to catch them and allow God to do what He wants to do. For at the end of the day, it's for His glory. We're His kids. We're His disciples, eh? And um, so I'm really expectant that tonight, Pastor, as I said, I just saw a picture of just a seed being planted into our spirits tonight. And I believe that's exactly what's going to happen. But we know, according to the scripture, we've got to prepare the soil. And uh, that's what my encouragement is to every one of us. It doesn't matter how old we are or young we are. Just prepare your hearts. Say to, say to Jesus right now, Lord, I want to hear what you're saying to me. And I don't want, to ba- I don't want it to bounce off. I-, I, want it, I want to receive it. And I want it to produce something of the kingdom in my life. In Jesus' name. Why don't you come to the Give her a massive big hand as she comes, please. Wonderful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Awesome worship. It is so good. What an incredible team. Hey, take a seat. Oh, you did. Oh, good. Hey, who wants to have some fun tonight? Because I heard that the six o'clock was like the fun service. So I thought we could mix it up a little bit. Is that all right? Come on, we could try something a little bit different. I've been challenged to step outside. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm uncomfortable tonight. Okay, so just grace for me and let's pray that God, I know that actually, I know that God is going to speak mightily to every one of us tonight. I really believe that tonight, this is going to probably be the messiest service. Hey, you should get excited about that because I believe God's setting us up for an encounter. I believe that tonight we're going to, He's going to unpack something for all of us that's going to shift something. And it's actually for some of us is going to be breaking free. We're going to break free. There's going to be a posture shift in some of our lives tonight. In fact, if you walked in this room and it's your first time, you're meant to be here tonight. If you made an effort and you decided last minute to come, that's because God wants you here tonight. He's got a collision in store for you. He's got an appointment set up for you. He's got freedom here for you tonight. So I'm actually going to um, tell a story tonight that we all know a little bit about. It's quite a common story. It's actually the story of Lazarus. 
Come on, raise your hand if you know the story of Lazarus. Spoiler alert if you don't, Lazarus dies. Come on, sound effects. But on the good side, could be a romantic, you know, drama because Lazarus lives. Come on. Okay, Okay, good, 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 good. So death, sad, boo, life, good, yay. All right, so I thought tonight to to paint this picture, we're actually going to open our Bibles up. Um, Of course, you brought your Bible when you brought your phone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have the app, eh? Come on, you better have an app on that phone. And if you don't, Google's really good at also finding Scripture. So you can get ready with your Bible, either paper or digital, and turn to John 11. And um, tonight we're going to, I'm actually going to have a bit of a dance party around 14 verses tonight. Everybody say 14. Is there any 14-year-olds in the room tonight? Raise your hand if you're 14. 14. Come on, where are we? We've got three, four, five, 14 verses. So, hey, where are you, 14-year-olds? Raise your hand. One verse for every year of your life, okay? One verse for every year of your life. So listen up. This is for the 14-year-olds tonight, especially, and everybody else who cares to be here. So we're going to read about Lazarus. Spoiler alert, we've already done it. We know how it ends. We know how it ends. Yay. But we're going to dance and chunk it down. We're going to go into a microscope. We're going to look at it. And I can guarantee you, with a money-back guarantee, that by the end of tonight, you will never look at this passage of Scripture again. This Scripture passage is going to change your life. Look to the person beside you and say, tonight, this passage is going to change your life. It is. Now, I would like some help. We have some brave people in the audience. You need to be able to um, lie still for about 20 minutes on stage in front of, you know, 100 odd, maybe 200 people. And I think that I'm going to pick someone. All right. I don't know many names, but I do know some names. Uh, Is there a guy called Orlando here? Is there a guy? I know that name. He seems young and... You know, like, he's not very active. <laughs> Joke. Ka- Orlando, come on. I know, uh, that's, you know, you were in the back row, right? Never sit in the back row. You get picked on. Come on, you're going to come up here. Orlando, come up here and stand beside me. Give him a clap. Come on, this guy's brave tonight. Orlando, bloom, eh, Orlando. This guy here, can you be my brave assistant tonight? Sure. Oh, good. I'm glad that that went well. That went really well. Could have gone really badly. Actually, I'm going to get you to play the role of Lazarus. Okay, do you know know Lazarus? Personally? Oh, good. Um, Okay, so you're going to be Lazarus, and you're actually going to be like a model tonight, and you're going to be on stage. I don't want you taken away from me. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Okay, but you're going to lie on stage around about in front of the drums, and I need some assistance to help. And Akita, I know that you can, you've got your girl. You come on up here. Can you take your part? Part it. You're going to be up there, and you're probably not going to be very comfortable. But we're going to start to wrap you up like a mummy, because spoiler alert: Lazarus dies. Come on, what does we say for that? Oh, boo. But so we, we're going we're gonna to wrap Orlando here up as Lazarus. So he gets the lovely role. Not a speaking role, by the way. Don't get excited. But we're going to wrap him up in some toilet paper. Okay. It's never been used, so that's good. Um, and so he's going to lie very still there, and he's going to become our Lazarus. Okay. We're good with this. I'm going to start. I hope. Put, say yee-haw if you're in John 11. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are good. 14-year-olds, say yee if you're in John 11. Yeah. 
Okay, one verse for every year of your life. All right, we're going to read this story. I'm going to dance around. I'm going to track. I'm going to paraphrase. Let's start with verse one. That's a good idea. Okay, now a man named Lazarus was sick. And he was from Bethany in the village of Mary and Martha. That's somehow significant. We need to know all the details. A woman must have written the story. No, it wasn't. It was actually John. But anyway. In verse 3, we read that Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus to say, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus' response was a proclamation. And he said this, This sickness will not end in death. Now, this is an interesting statement, isn't it? Because we know that Lazarus dies, okay? But Jesus responds in faith. He responds with a promise. Because any area of your life that's a little bit sick, or that's a little bit dry, or it's a little bit di- it's full of death, Jesus always has a response with a promise and faith for that area. So today we're going to make this story our story. So this sickness will not end in death. Okay, we're going to fast track a whole lot of verses. Everyone go, yay. Verse 17, on his his arrival, because by the way, Jesus didn't actually rush to see Lazarus or to even comfort Mary and Martha. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because it's really, really significant. He doesn't seem like a very nice person, Jesus. The fact that someone's sick who he loves and he doesn't, When he's asked and invited, come to comfort and do this miracle thing that he seemed to be in the business of miracles and healings. Mary and Martha and Lazarus had all seen that. They'd actually probably witnessed many things. So they knew, hey, we got this. Lazarus is sick, but uh, we got a a mate. We got a party trick. His name's Jesus. And by the way, he's, he's pretty good at this whole healing thing. So when Jesus didn't come, that's pretty surprising. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. So on his arrival, verse 17, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lazarus was dead. But let me tell you this, even though Lazarus was dead, when Jesus releases a word, even to the dead stuff in our life, it responds and it resurrects and it comes to life. It doesn't matter how long it's been dead for. Have you ever been given a promise or circumstances looked anything like they were going to live? Have you ever had that happen to you? In the natural, it looked the very opposite of what Jesus had promised for you. Come on, sometimes years ago, we've been given this great promise and we're full of faith, right? We are, this is great, I'm going to leave. And then things go downward, downward, downward. And over here, we, we realise, man, this thing's so dormant, it's like... It's almost dead. But let me tell you this, the promise that was given here has the same power here to bring forth life. He's a great Lazarus. Verse 18, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And this is really important. Verse 19, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Listen, let me tell you something. This setup, this story of death, this story of grief, it was a setup. It was a complete setup. 
It was a setup to display God's glory. It was a setup. It was like the greatest media release you could ever think about. And the thing was that in Hebrew culture and Jewish culture, there was customs and traditions and protocols, ways to do death. And when someone died and they were Jewish, what happened was the day of the death, they had to be buried. And they had to then be put in the tomb. So it happened real fast. Now, I'm the sister, I'm Mary, and, and the thing is that because I'd lost my brother, Lazarus, everyone who knew me, all the Jewish people in my village, all, even the people from Jerusalem, they all came and they would come to my house and they would comfort me. And they would be in my home for seven days. They were allowed to visit me. I, Mary, was expected to stay in my house for seven days after burial. Come on, seven days. Completion, right? Seven days. Now, here's the other thing. Mary, the one who had lost the brother, and Martha for that matter, we had a posture position. There was a little stool, a really low stool. It was positioned in the house. And the person who had lost the loved one would sit on the low stool. So now you picture me, you're in my lounge. I've invited you to my house. Welcome, welcome. Hare mai. And I'm sitting here and people come and visit me and I'm low. Now they mirror my posture. Do you know it's not allowed to, you're not allowed to talk to me. So it was against their custom for you to speak or even start a conversation with the one who had lost the loved one. No speaking. And then even worse was me, Mary. I'm not allowed to leave the house. I'm not, it's against protocol for me to leave my house. Oh, but there is one place I'm allowed to go. Everyone say one place. Guess where it was? To the tomb. This message is called the tomb or Jesus. To the tomb or Jesus. So when I left the house, if I left the house, I never left alone. You never left the grieving widow or the grieving sister or the grieving mother or the grieving father. You never left them alone. So when I left the house to go to the tomb, everybody came with me. Everyone. No one stayed there and made a cup of tea for when I got home. We all went. This was a, a community thing. Can you see the setup? So nobody would expect me to go anywhere else except for to the tomb, to the place of death, to the place of hopelessness, to the place of despair, to the place of grief, to the place of loss. Come on, has anyone got a place that we could say is a tomb in their life? The place of despair, the place of death, the place of loss, the place of hopelessness. So this is what makes this really interesting. Now, as we can see, uh, Lazarus, the process of their burial was they was put spices on them and they were wrapped in linen cloths and there was actually a, um, a cloth placed over their face also, which is how we get mummies. You know, there's nothing new in the world. It was Jesus' fault. So anyway, here we are and he's in the tomb. And here I am, Mary, and I'm on my stool and I'm in grief. So bear that in mind as we start to read the story. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, bear in mind he's late, but is Jesus ever really late? Jesus is never late. He is never late. He is always perfectly on time. 
By the way, he's the Alpha and the Omega and time is, is actually not even in his radar. He's outside of time. So when something happens in your past, he can go into your future and he can make it right as if it were happened in your past. So when Mary heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. She went out to meet him. Come on. No, not Mary. When Martha, Martha, Martha finally did something really cool. She broke protocol. She left the house. She didn't make a, a meal. She left the house because she heard that Jesus was coming. Now, her brother was dead, but her Saviour was coming. And so she had the courage within her. She had the faith within her to, to step out of her place of grief, out of this containment, this home, this place where there's mourning and grief. And she left the house, but she didn't go to the tomb. Where did she go? She went to, she went to Jesus. I needed Jesus here, someone who's strong and brave. Anyway, she went to Jesus, countercultural. She was going to the one who she knew was her saviour. And when she got there, she, he's, she says, Lord, in verse 21, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come to the world. And after she said this, she went back and called to her sister Mary. And she said, the teacher is asking for you. Jesus had just had a profound conversation with Martha. Someone was dead, but the one who was the resurrection and the life had walked into her world. He's the exact opposite right now. Can you see the polar opposite thing? It's a scenario. It's a setup. And then Mary, who's down on her stool, low in grief. No one's talking to her. She's in her misery. She's seen her sister take off. She's probably annoyed with Jesus. She's in that place of hopelessness, despair. Is there anyone who sometimes someone goes and, and they've found their breakthrough and you're sitting there and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're going, why don't I ever get a breakthrough? Nothing ever good happens for me. Jesus never came to their house, and that's significant. Sometimes we have to come to Him. He knows that our breakthrough is in our movement. And the Bible tells us, it said, it said that she quickly got up, and she went to Him. And I want to tell you that no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life, in the natural. It doesn't matter what people are saying around you because all the people around Mary, they were in hopelessness and grief with her. They were mirroring her. Don't you realise that sometimes the people around you just mirror you or sometimes you mirror them. And so she heard and there was a word. Sometimes we just get one word from one person at the right time when we're in the pit and it's enough for us to get up quickly and respond. And it says, she got up quickly, and she got up quickly. Now, this is where I wish I had about 50 people on stage with me. Everyone else got up quickly. And the Bible tells us that all the mourners were around her, and they followed her, and they said, oh my gosh, they thought, how? She's got up quickly. 
So they got out, they followed her, and they, the Bible says they supposed that she was going to the tomb. It was a setup. It was a complete media release. And so everyone got up with her, and they were all low and mourning, but she's not going to the tomb. She's not going to the place she was expected to go. Come on, music team, get up with me. She's going to the place where there's life. She's not going to the place of loss. She's not going to the place of burial. She's not going to the place of hopelessness and despair. She's not going to the cultural expectation of the day. She's breaking protocol. She's breaking cultural expectations. She's she's being countercultural. She's taking a step she's never taken before. And she runs to Jesus. She made a choice. She chose to respond to the invitation of Jesus rather than react to her circumstances around her. We have a choice every single day. It is this choice we make. You and I make decisions all the time. Are we going to run to the tomb and have a misery party? and have a funeral, or are we going to run to Jesus? We make this choice every moment, every day. Sometimes it's bigger, cho- it's, it's harder to make that choice than others. But let me tell you, the little choices like that are just as important as the big ones. Who will you run to? Where will you go? Will you go to the tomb or will you go to Jesus tonight? Every choice comes down to that. And the tomb represents that thing which looks dead. And to someone tonight, I'm talking about that area in your life that's really barren. You know, the place where you're really starting to lose hope in. That's what the tomb represents for you tonight. For some of you, it's the dream that you buried. I, I know God spoke to me about some people and a dream was put in your heart. Ever since you were a little child, you've had this, this dream because kids believe it. Kids do faith so well because they don't know fear you know, until it's introduced into their world. And, and tonight, God is asking you to stir it up, stir it up. Come on, stir it up, believe again. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Anyone who believes in me lives, even though they die, they live. Do you believe that? Come on, He's asking you, do you believe that? Do you believe that I can resurrect the dead stuff in your life? Do you believe that I can resurrect that which is dry, that which is hopeless, Because I don't know about you, but my Bible says my God is the God of the impossible. I I don't want to serve God if He's not a God of the impossible. What would have happened if Mary had chosen the tomb, I wonder? Yeah, we can't leave the story just right here. I mean, there's more to it. I mean, there's a climatic moment about to happen in case you haven't read the Bible. As I said, oh, this is all the ingredients are there for this miracle to get some serious 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. airtime on the news. There was, uh, I don't know, there was like, if I had my phone here, I'd be like, this is a Facebook Live moment right here. I'm at the tomb of Lazarus. And by the time Mary got to Jesus, she had a huge crowd with her, right? She brought the crowd with her. Some of you bring crowds with you. Come on, some of you, when you make that decision to go to Jesus, it's not just gonna affect you. It's these people who are hanging on to you. They're on your curtails and they follow you. They're gonna come because your breakthrough's their breakthrough. It's linked, it's connected. That's why there's been such an assignment on some of your lives. That's why some of you are having nightmares and you're so afraid 
of the dark. That's why some of you are, are too afraid to speak up when, when you know there's something happening in, 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 in at school and, and you know it's wrong and, and you, something in you is saying, be a voice, be a voice. But there's a fear in you because there's a fear in you. But I'm telling you, there's someone who lives in you who is strong and courageous. And just like He said to Joshua, be strong and courageous and do not be afraid for I am with you. Come on, your breakthrough, your voice, your, your spoken word, your choice to run to Jesus, it's not just about you. We've got to get over just about me thing. It's always connected to others. So there they were. Surprise! Oh, you're not at the tomb. You're with Jesus. And they were probably very surprised. Show me your best surprise face. Okay, I reckon there were some religious people there going, I can't believe I'm here. Why am I here? But let's get to the big part, eh? It's the part where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And we all went. The Bible tells us in verse 38 that Jesus once more deeply moved. He came to the tomb. You see, it's not like He's afraid of our tomb. I mean, He knows our tomb, Right? He knows the dead dream, the barren era of your life. He knows your failures. He knows your sense of loss. He knows your hopelessness. He knows your struggles. And He's not afraid of your tomb. And when you go to your tomb with Jesus, what the enemy meant for evil. Come on. He will work it for good. And Jesus once more deeply moved because even though He knows He's the resurrection and the life. He loves us so much that He will go through your pain with you. He will cry with you. And He feels your pain. He doesn't want you to feel your pain. He wants to take your pain. And even though He knows that the story ends, that He completes the work He starts in us, He'll go through the valley with us. He's not afraid of the valley. And He's not afraid of you too. And he came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance, much like the tomb that Jesus entered. Not so, in the not so distant future after this moment, actually. Verse 39. Jesus says these words. Take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. It's such a funny part. The sister of the dead man. By this time, there is a bad odour, for he has been in the tomb four days. And then Jesus said, and he looks at Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and then Jesus looked up. And he says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. hear me but I said this for their sake he was building their faith he was being a mirror a blueprint for how they could approach him and when he had said this Jesus called out in a loud voice and I just want to build a bit of 
momentum here because I mean, I, I, this is a true story, okay? This is a real testimony of a real life event. In fact, Lazarus was a hit on the hit list for the rest of his life because of what's about to happen next in the story. And he says in a loud voice, and, and you know, I don't know if you know about sound, but sound creates vibrations. Vibrations. I reckon that Lazarus was starting to feel sound going and reverberating into his bones, like Ezekiel when he prophesied to the dry bones. There came a vibration that caused the life to come to pass. A bit like the day where God spoke into the world and said, let there be light. I reckon it was the same vibration where something came from nothing, where life came from death. And we're called to call things into existence as though they're not. There was a vibration, come on, you can feel it. Why don't you start to be part of it? Lazarus, come out! And Lazarus gets up! And we're like, what? What? Give me my phone! Give me your phone! Give me your phone! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So what's going on here? What's going on here? Who is it? Oh my God! What's happening? What's happening? Did you get this? Keep it live, 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 live! Oh my gosh! around the auditorium. I mean, you, you just, he did a great job at, at, at the portrayal of Lazarus. I reckon he's up for an Emmy. But you know, I, I think, come on, Lazarus, show us that you can run. You can run. Come on, run, 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 run. Because his bones are stiff and they've been dormant and dead. But now we start to loosen up. You're right, you, you, you're, you're wrong, man. High five for you. Yeah, this guy's awesome. Listen, Lazarus lived. You can take your seat. You've been a champion. I reckon that's where mummies came from. You know, the first, uh, we, we talk about mummies now, you know, as if it's like something new. Mm, probably Lazarus, it's Jesus' fault. Jesus said to them, He said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I, I think about Lazarus. I, I mean, can you imagine Lazarus? It's quite interesting. If we had a reclining seat right now, I'd get Orlando slash Lazarus to come and, you know, lie in it because the Bible goes on and, you know, it says that his testimony was so powerful and so largely witnessed that many Jews turned to Jesus. And, you know, the Pharisees, they heard about it and, and they said, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe. Because that's the power of testimony. And, you know, I reckon that did Bethany, you know, the village where he lived, a really good dose of tourism. Here I am at the stone where Lazarus was risen from the dead. I'm here, I'm touching the stone. Oh, I got healed, I got healed. Ah! I mean, I don't know, I'm a bit crazy like that. I can just get my imagination carried away. But why not? If handkerchiefs can heal people, maybe the stone that 
was rolled away. Who knows? We only know. The Bible says there's many things I didn't write in the Bible because it couldn't contain it. The world couldn't contain all the stories of Jesus' miracles. We've got to remember that. We know, a, we know a partial recount, not the full recount. So on that day, Lazarus was on the hit list. So was Jesus. And we kind of, we skipped through and it's just awesome. But I want you to catch this, that this is not just a story that happened. This is your story. This is your story. What happened for Lazarus is true today. You see, Jesus says, I am the great I am. I am the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. What I did for Him, it's a testimony. Now, what do we know? The Bible tells us about testimony. It says, Spirit, that tes- our testimony is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, what is testified and true for what has happened to someone else, Jay, can be true for someone else, can be true for you. And just before we move on, I just love as we go on from John 11 to John 12, and I don't want you to, re- to read ver- another verse, but I'm just going to tell you that John actually really rubs it in. I mean, he's excited. John is like, I am writing. This is like, I'm the greatest reporter of all the time. And so in the next verse, he's like rubbing it in. He actually says, um, he says in like, in six days before Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived. He's not just going, where Lazarus lived. I mean, he's, he's excited. He's actually rubbing it in going, by the way, remember Lazarus, he lived. I just think that's cool. And actually, if you keep on in that, Sometimes you just can't put the Bible down. You're like, wow, what happened next? What happened next? What's the sequel? And it says that Jesus actually was in their house and it says that Lazarus was reclining. Now I can try and be Orlando. I won't do such good. It says he was reclining in a chair beside Jesus, you know, really comfortable. He's the man. He's got his pick of wives. You know, he's the man. He was risen from the dead. He's, he's hot. And... Jesus is there. Martha, no surprise, was once again serving a meal. But Mary was there too. We know Mary. Mary had been in this low seat, remember? She was slow. She was low and slow to go to Jesus. But at least she went to Jesus, right? And she, was in the, she wasn't in the seat anymore. She was actually lower. She was at His feet. Because you see, and she was thinking to herself, she was excited. Can you imagine if you got your, your brother back from the dead, you know, after like, what was it like? What did you see? Oh my gosh, is there really a light at the end of the tunnel? You smelled. How did you get rid of the smell? And like, you know, it took like four days. Um, and so you imagine that they've just been probably on adrenaline, you know, just the anointing huge. Jesus is hanging out with them. They're just like in bliss. And then Mary sort of goes, I reckon she thinks, This act of breakthrough deserves, I need to worship. I need to bring something of myself to say, how can I thank the man that raised my brother from the dead? I have to respond. And she made a really good choice. She went and got that bottle of pure nard. It was worth a year's wages. I've got that. That's right. I was given it by my great-grandmother. I'm gonna, it's my year's wages. I have this. I don't know what I have, but I have this. This is, got, this is the biggest offering I can ever give to the one who resurrected my brother. How can I thank him? It was an act of worship. And it says that she broke it over and she poured it over Jesus. And it says that the fragrance, the aroma, it filled the whole house. 
It filled the whole house and we know about it. We're talking about it now, you know? How many years later? One act of worship can change the atmosphere of a whole house. And tonight, I believe there are people sitting in this auditorium who need to make a choice. Will you respond to the voice of Jesus? He's calling you. Sometimes your posture has to change from here to here. And then you start making a move towards the voice you hear. I mean, Jesus will come to you. He's close to the broken heart of the Bible tells us that. But sometimes He calls us to Him. And I believe tonight, some of your circumstances are a bit like Mary's, Martha's, or even Lazarus's, for goodness sake, you're dead. And, and you need to make a choice tonight. I believe Jesus is saying, I've been so excited about this message all weekend. I've been wanting to rush through all the other three, four, to get to the fifth one, because I really believe He's wanting your breakthrough tonight. I reckon that's why you're in the room. And you have a choice. Will you, will you run to the tomb or will you respond to Jesus tonight? And I want to encourage you. I've never, ever, ever regretted the day I ran to Jesus. And I've never, ever regretted the day that I ran to Jesus again when I was having a pity party about something. And again, when I had to give up a home and move geographically. I, I never, ever, ever regret when I choose, because it's my choice, He's such a gentleman, to run to Jesus. You can't outgive Him. It's always better on the other side of your yes. So this is what I want to challenge you to do today. I want you to run to Jesus tonight. I want you to make a choice and you know what He's asking you to come to Him for. That area right now in your life that is barren, that area as I was speaking that is broken, that dormant dream that you have been afraid to pick up because it felt like it was so long ago and have lost hope. The health thing, even the faith thing, can I be honest? Some of your faith, you're just dry. But you're, as you get close to your Saviour, guess what He is? The resurrection and the life. And He's gonna blow on your spirit and breathe life into you again. So we're going we're gonna to open up this altar. I don't really know what is going to happen next, but I'm believing that God's going to meet with you. We're gonna, I'm going to just prowl for a bit and the other pastors too. We're just going to be seeking God to partner with whatever He wants to do. Before I do that, if you've never run to Jesus, if you don't know Him, if He's someone who you've heard about but you don't know, or maybe you used to know Him. I want to encourage you, today is your day of breakthrough. Today is the day where I want to encourage you to come forward and say yes to Him again. Come and know Him as your personal Lord and Saviour. He's going to transform your life. And where you feel dead, He's going to bring to life. So, come Lord. Have your way tonight. I ask that every person in this room, God, right now, responds to your Holy Spirit. That they remove the grave clothes, God. And that they respond and walk out. 
God, that they change the posture and they make a choice to get up, to ascend, to come up, to come close. So as you're ready, I want you to just come forward. And we're going to cover you. We're going to, there's going to be some, a song going, but we're going to, I'm just going to, if there's people forward, I'm just going to come and pray for you. Freedom tonight. Who will be first? Come on, who's, who's, who's first up here? Don't just wait for someone else. We're not people who are afraid. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, have we? The power, love and a sound mind. Let's come to Jesus tonight. Let's be proactive. Let's, let's make a movement because you know exactly what He's asking of you. You know exactly what you're responding to. And God is raising up a church that are going to be bold and courageous and marked by their courage.
going to officially close the gathering tonight. I just, can I ask, can you please respect the space at the front and please come up if you want prayer. This is an amazing place. We've got some people here who would love to pray for you. It's going to be awesome. And also, I think we need to thank Pastor Jacinda. It's awesome what she's brought to us as Activate Church over conference and today. And we want to bless Jacinda, Pastor Jacinda.